and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Hello everyone, I'm Nancy Leftwood. I'm the co-host of the Hand in Hand show with Cam Compton today. Today we'll be interviewing Kristen who is with Everybody Fitness. We're going to talk about why she uh, started this, what she's doing with it, and why exercise is important. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I am a physical therapist. I practice in Southern California, and I got my, uh, my master's degree at Boston University, and I went on and got my doctorate at Massachusetts General Hospital. Um, and then actually last year, I just uh, finished my MBA because I did start this business, Everybody Fitness, and I just needed a little bit more knowledge about how to run the business. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about that, and then we can talk about why I think exercise is so important uh, after a stroke. So as a physical therapist, I was just getting really frustrated at how, um, first of all, how little coverage we get in order to treat the patients that we want to treat as much as we possibly can. I mean, as you know, it's very important to get um, therapy after a stroke. And I was working in the hospital and we were sending people home. And then there was also this gap of time before they could start outpatient therapy. I just didn't think there were enough resources for people to be able to, to get enough exercise once they left the hospital and you don't get enough therapy for it to be your, your therapeutic time plus your exercise. So I started an exercise group and it actually got to be um, more popular than I was expecting, which is great. So then I put it online so that people who are outside our, our local area could also benefit from, from these exercise classes. So it's a video on demand service that allows people to get that exercise from home. And it's a great adjunct to any therapy program that you're participating in, as well as um, once you're done with your therapy to continue to stay active and healthy. Here where I am, which is not Southern California, it's actually St. Louis, Missouri, you know, we don't, we have a couple of programs, but none of them are accessible to like me because they're like 30, 45 minutes away and the times just don't make it convenient because it's not like they're open, you know, eight to five or, or sometime when I can get in, they only do it like on Saturdays or um, in the morning or, you know, at one evening and different things like that. And I mean, they do have people who are certified to work with someone uh, that's had a stroke or some other disabilities. And it's fairly inexpensive, but it's getting there because it's it's not in an area that, you know, is accessible to everybody. So and that's uh, also for people who, who have to rec- uh, get somebody to drive them. That's right. even more to ask of somebody if, if you have to drive that far. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the big thing too, is then the, the, if they have to have somebody to drive them, it's the time, you know, is it going to be convenient for that person? How do they, you know, work it? And, and I love this. I love this idea. um, Because especially since once therapy ends, a lot of people don't continue with anything. I knew, and I've talked about this in other shows that I, um, made my own therapy when outpatient therapy ended. But for me, I was fortunate in that I got right into outpatient therapy after the rehab hospital. And um, it went on, I may have had a gap or two in there of a couple of weeks, you know, getting recertified to do it through my insurance. But I had almost a year and a half of therapy. 
a lot of people don't get that. True. And it's, it's important. And then once it ended, I didn't stop my journey of finding different things to do. And we've talked about, you know, I did archery because of my arm. I did um, when I uh, was a little further along, I did yoga and Tai Chi. And last year I started in a little bit of some circuit training and I've been to the firing range and shot guns. And I know that doesn't seem like that's therapeutic, but you got to hold that gun up. Right. So, you know, but you have to find things. And, and this is wonderful. Many people walk with a cane or walker after stroke, and they don't want to walk faster because they don't want to fall. How can they exercise? Is there anything people should be cautious about? Yeah. So we'll start with the, um, the falling because it's, it's, it's very important that you you make sure you don't fall, right? And we already talked about how um, you want to make sure that you're getting to the level of intensity that quantifies exercise. And if walking faster is going to get you into that range, but it's going to risk a fall, then that is not the best way to get exercise. So if it'd be much better to find a stable way to exercise um, than risk a fall by doing something that, that could challenge you in one sense and risk you in another. So we have seated workout routines on our site and you really can get a challenging enough workout sitting down. So, so don't, don't think just because you're not walking, it's not a good exercise. Again, it's better to push that intensity safely. Um, I know people really enjoy uh, doing work in the pool where you can push the intensity and still be in a safe environment and not risk falls. Stationary bikes, if you can balance on one of those seats or um, the recumbent bike or the recumbent step stepper, those are great ways to push the intensity but still be in a nice, stable, seated position. Um, so I think that walking is great, but if walking can't be your exercise, there are plenty of other uh, options. And again, it's better to be safe and push the intensity. Um, and then going into things that you need to be cautious about besides falling, again, you want to make sure that uh, you're not risking that just to get your workout. Um, I want people to be sure that they are cautious about their blood pressure. Likely if you participate in, in rehab and your doctor is monitoring your blood pressure and has you on the proper medications. But if you have any symptoms that you know are associated with your blood pressure changing, like getting dizzy because your blood pressure drops, which can happen depending on what medications you take. There are times when sometimes they just kind of get a little out of whack and your, your blood pressure will drop. Um, you want to know what those symptoms are. Also, if you get headaches, if your blood pressure starts to change, it's, it's important to know what your symptoms are so that how so you can alert somebody if you start to feel those. Um, along the same lines of medications, it's always good to have a list on you at all times, not just when you're exercising, of everything that you take so that if anything were to happen, you can always hand that list over to a healthcare professional. It's also good to know the side effects that your medications have. Um, so if anything is going to impact a workout, you, you know that beforehand. So if you take any medications that make you drowsy, it's probably best not to work out after you take that medication. Um, also, there's medications that limit your heart rate's response to exercise. So if you're on any of those, then, then monitoring your heart rate is not the best way to figure out if you're reaching the intensity that you need to reach. That's why that scale of 1 to 10 that we talked about earlier is a, is a good thing to use. Many medications also dehydrate you. So you want to make sure that you're hydrating properly before you work out, which may be a little bit more than you expect because of your medications. 
And then uh, the other thing to be cautious about is if there's any area that you can't feel normally. So a lot of times one side might have um, less sensation after the stroke. And if you're wearing, um, say, a brace to help you walk or certain uh, workout machines might start rubbing you in a certain way that you don't realize because you can't feel it, you want to always make sure that you're checking your skin after any workout and make sure that if you have any red spots or blisters, you let those heal before doing that exercise again and then try to problem solve how to pad up that area so it doesn't happen again. That's great. I would not have thought about, I'd call it shaping or blistering or, or whatever, being more careful of that. Hi, why is exercise so important after a stroke? Um, it, there are so many reasons why it's important. Um, one of the, the big things is you want to make sure that you are managing any of those health complications that led to the first stroke. So if you have high blood pressure or diabetes, all of that can be managed with exercise with also any medications that you're on. Second, once you have one stroke, your risk for a second stroke actually goes up by 25 to 35%. So it's even more important that you're taking care of your health after a stroke and exercise can help with that. And then third is exercise can help get you stronger, both with your muscular strength and your endurance. So as you're recovering from your stroke and you're getting back to your, your daily activities, exercise is going to help to make those easier so that you can be more independent. Do you find that the exercise also helps with the mental clarity for people after a stroke? Yeah, exercise is not just great for our, our bodies, it's great for our minds. You know, our, our brains take in, our, our, they weigh 2% of our body, but they take in 20% of all the oxygen that's coming in. Um, oh. So the more you exercise, the more oxygen is getting to the brain, the more blood flow. So that's going to help increase all of the um, neurotransmitter connectivity and help keep the brain as sharp as it possibly can be. So it definitely also helps any um, cognitive recovery as well as prevent cognitive decline after a stroke. Very cool. I didn't know all that. People say that doing their housework or yard work is, is challenging after a stroke, um, and that's their exercise. Is that a good way to get any exercise, or is that just a starting point? That's why I love to talk about exercise, because I hear this a lot. There's the guidelines for physical activity that was put out by the American Heart Association, and that's what includes your housework and your yard work, and certainly this can be challenging but exercise um, goes above and beyond your daily activities. So if you think about how much effort you're putting forth when you are um, doing anything, so if you are doing yard work versus if you are trying to exercise, think of it on a scale of one to 10, where one is pretty, is rest, resting. Like right now, you should kind of feel like you're at a one. And 10 is that all out sprint where you can't sustain that sort of activity for very long. Your housework and your yard work is probably in that like, three to four range if it's challenging. But exercise, you need to be in at least that four to six range of intensity for it to have the beneficial effects on your body. So if you don't feel like you're working in that four to six range, it's not exercise. And you have to make sure that you're getting that additional exercise into your daily routine. I see. And does it also have, I mean, the, the organized exercise, does that have any make any difference as to specific tasks that they're doing, specific muscles that they're building? Um, so that depends also if you want to work on your cardiovascular 
um, endurance versus strengthening some muscles. Oh, so going okay. for a walk, that's going to help your endurance, which is good for your heart, right? We definitely want to make sure that we're challenging the heart just like we would any other muscle. So that's another thing I hear is that people go for walks and is, is that your exercise and walking is fantastic. But again, you need to walk at a speed that's going to feel like that four to six range to um, get that heart health benefit. And then if you're looking to strengthen your muscles, um, which you certainly can be doing during yard work, right? When you're lifting things and carrying, <laughs> but it, you need to make sure then in order to get those benefits, you need to be in that like seven to eight range. And then again, it won't be the heart, like you don't feel like you're out of breath, like you're sprinting, but that muscle will probably feel tired and need to rest. So if you think about lifting weights, if you can lift a weight about eight to 12 times and then feel like I need a rest, that's good. If you can lift it 30 times, then it's not heavy enough to be getting the strengthening benefits that you are looking to get. So again, that's something to think about when you're doing work, even though it might be tiring you out, it might not actually be doing the strengthening that you're looking for it to do. I know that a lot of people have a, what they call a weak side after a stroke. How can they exercise? So I always say, it is best to do whatever you can do. So I often see people who try to move the weaker side with their stronger side, mm -hmm. but um, which is good for stretching. You want to make sure that you aren't losing any range, right? When you can't move it, you might start to get tight. And then you also can't uh, like say fully extend your arm the way it needs to, to fully reach. But when you're exercising, I really feel like it's best to do whatever it is that you can do. So if that weak side really doesn't move much, I still think it's better to try to do whatever it can do to not only help it get stronger, but also help reconnect the brain to, re to mm -hmm. thinking about what it should be doing. Because the studies have shown that even thinking about the movement is helping the neural connections. Right. So if you can only do a little bit with one side and then the other side, you can use weights and make it challenging for that side. Then I think it's better to do it that way than to only work out the strong side with some weight and let the weak side kind of rest or even help it along with the strong side. So, um, Obviously, you want to do it safely, so don't move into any sort of pain. I know a lot of times people have some shoulder pain um, after a stroke, which could be due to a couple of things. It could either be due to the neurogenic pain from the stroke, from the injury to the brain, or it can be due to that tightness. So um, if raising it up you know, past your shoulder hurts, then just do whatever you can do below that level of pain so you're getting some strength going, but you're not causing any more pain. What do you think about these systems that, and the philosophy of having the strong side move the weak side to, to retrain it? What's your um, philosophy on that? You, you did it with both arms, like you're using like a, a dowel, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, I think that there's definitely nothing wrong with that. I think that that's um, one of the ways to help get the brain reconnected. The only thing with doing something like that um, is that the the goal of that is going to be help to retrain that side. It's not going to be at the intensity that you're going to need to reach that level of exercise. Like I mentioned, ah. right? you're probably not going to be able to do that dowel exercise and be at a five out of 10. Right. So I think it's always good to do a little bit of both. Kristen, how do we find out about everybody fitness? So we have a website, which is where all of our services are and it's EB fitnessonline.com or you can spell it out everybodyfitnessonline.com um, and it will take you to the site and all of the services are there um, 
we have a $5 introductory rate, but it is a monthly subscription starting at $25 per month. We have cardio workouts. We have boot camp strengthening workouts. We have yoga workouts. We have um, mobility workouts, which includes the Tai Chi like you are talking about. Um, so depending on how many services you want access to will, will depend on the cost. Um, and then you can sign up for our newsletter on the homepage if you scroll to the bottom. We also have social media. So you can always find us on um, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, if you want to follow us that way as well and get any updates. These subscriptions, when you subscribe, just so I'm clear and, and maybe some of those who are listening are clear, um, you sign up for a specific type of workout or is it a number of workouts per month? Oh, excellent question. So each program has um, two to three videos available at any given time. Um, so you can choose uh, which one you want to follow along with. Um, and you can log on anytime you want, as often as you want. And then the workouts are changed every week. So you're getting new workouts. So um, let's say you have access to all three services, then you're getting eight workouts per week that you can, uh, you can again, access as many times as you want. And next week, you'll get eight new ones. And there's no fees, no contracts. So it is pay as you go. So if you, um, if you don't like it, you can quit without any uh, concerns. There also, you can, um, if you want to switch the program that you have access to, so if you sign up for the one program per month and then you want to switch the next month to a different program, you can also do that without any fees. Okay. Well, this sounds wonderful, and it sounds like it would be great for anybody anywhere to be able to access this and be able to exercise at home and give them even ideas of different exercises they can do. Once they viewed the weekly videos, are they able to access those like the next week if they really like that? No, you can only access the um, workouts that are available that week. So um, I've had that question before, but it's the... Um, it's to mix it up and keep okay. the incentive to keep, uh, keep working out. Um, I do want to mention that um, if all the programs have been developed by physical therapists, so if somebody has a difficult time figuring out how to adapt a certain exercise in the, in the workouts to meet their needs, we can always help them. We're always available to if you want to do a video chat or an email just to figure out how it would work for you. Great. Hey, Nancy, do you have another question or do you have some thoughts? I have a couple of questions. Um, can they access, you know, they, if they've got a bunch of classes for the week, can they access them more than once that week? Yes, you can access them as many times as you want. Um, also, there is, it's just like Netflix, like you can pause it at any time and, and cool. watch play again. So if you can't, some of the workouts are, generally they're, they're 35 to 40 minutes, but some of them are up to like 45 or 50, which I understand is a very long time. So if you can't work out that whole time, you, you can pause it. This is such an excellent service. I'm very excited to learn about it, especially for people who are not near a major city, if, if they're rural. This, this is amazing. We have to get this information out to people. I have a couple of other questions that relate to something earlier. What is your thoughts on different types of canes that people use? I heard recently that someone was using the standard cane and they felt like they were looking down all the time and they switched to a walking stick so they could hold their arm up and they ended up with better posture and looking forward. What are your thoughts on that um, in regards to safety? Um, walking sticks are becoming more and more popular. I do think that they're, they're great. I, I think it also depends though on what 
you're using the cane for. So if you're leaning on it a lot, the walking stick is going to be challenging, more challenging than being able to lean on your hand, right? Um, but if you're just using it for a little bit of support, it will help your posture better to use that walking stick. Um, and then if you think about then the wider base quad canes, those again are going to add even more stability. So that would be harder to switch then to a walking stick. Um, but the other thing about the quad canes is if uh, they, they can also change your, the way you walk because of how big they are. So um, it is also good to try to progress and get stronger and not have to rely as much on one of, one of those and then work your way towards walking stick. Excellent. And then I have um, one other question. You, you talk so much about intensity and building strength because of the intensity level that one works at when exercising. Do you work with people in stroke people in the acute phase and how do you deal with intensity when, when their mind is still so foggy from everything? Um, so I actually do per diem work at a hospital in the acute setting. Um, the, the goals are, are different at different levels. So, um, in the acute setting, this is before rehab, right? Right. The, um, it's important to mobilize because again, you are trying to reconnect as much as you can. Um, but the, the most important thing is medical stability. So you don't want to push somebody, um, to any sort of intensity, um, until they are medically stable. So even though you're mobilizing them, that means you want to get them upright, ideally, but if their blood pressure or their heart rate can't tolerate even walking, then you're not going to push that in the acute setting. But at least being out of bed is one way to at least start to, I always say it shakes up the limbic system. It helps to at least get the brain to start to reorganize in the way that it, it needs to, to be able to progress onto a rehab setting when the, um, the medical situation is, is ready. Excellent. Excellent. This has yeah. been a real treat. Thank you. I've really learned a lot today. I appreciate all your wise information absolutely it's wonderful to hear this and to hear the um you know that that we can try and do and and work with and that it's affordable um many things are not affordable so thank you for doing this thank you for for starting everybody fitness and do you want to tell us one more time your website yes it is eb for everybody fitnessonline.com, or you can spell it all out, everybodyfitnessonline.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. And this is Cam and Nancy on the Hand in Hand show. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you listen in again. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.